Welcome to episode 104 of the STEM Space, where Claire and I are excited to share a brand new library of free STEM resources. However, not everyone was so thrilled, and we share a chat with a frustrated visitor who didn't have a lot of nice things to say. But hey, it's all part of running a business, and hopefully you'll find our lessons and resources helpful. We also share the results of a survey that included an incredible 600 responses from STEM teachers across the country. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast. Hey, Claire. Hey. Uh, I We got a really angry email. Oh, no. <laughs> This is a great way to start the podcast, but <laughs> I'm oh. just really sad because most of the emails we get are people looking for something or wanting to share how, you know, a lesson they used from us went really well or have questions on how to implement, but we don't often get like just angry customers. Yeah. I don't right? even actually really remember an angry customer. So please tell me what we did wrong. <laughs> I know. I don't want to make you sad, but it's related to this new thing we're putting on the website and we were so excited about it. And then like we just rolled it out. And the first response is this person who said, I'm trying to access your free resource library. And imagine like a hundred question marks after every, <laughs> <laughs> they're just very annoyed. So there's this chat feature now in our website, by the way, Anybody who goes to vivifystem.com, at the bottom right, you can actually send us a message. And we're thinking maybe she <laughs> thought it's like a robot that's going to read it. <laughs> but, but it's, it's actually us. us. Yes. <laughs> I know. So she's like, ah, accessing your free resource library. I wasn't able to sign in with my email, even though I'm a subscriber. And I could just put in the password, but now I can't. I tried resetting. This is not user friendly. This is so oh. useless. <laughs> useless useless that's how she ended the, i cannot free... access anything this is useless oh but she okay. can she just has to try creating an account and then she can access it's all still there i promise and it's even better yeah <laughs> what do we okay do? it's a learning curve maybe that's what it is okay that makes me feel better so she's not actually angry at, at us she's upset because it's new it's different I think so. so. Change is she hard. Get in. I know. Change is hard. So before everybody could just access Vivify STEM was the password. We can say it now because you can't use it. <laughs> <laughs> but we had like a button that was like free resource library. We have all these lessons and posters and other resources. And that's all still there. We haven't taken it away. We've just modified it because we've rolled out this new membership that's called the STEM space. And we're super excited about it. It's the name of the podcast. We love this name. And we wanted it to be a one-stop shop for all things STEM. So if you're a kindergarten through eighth grade teacher, and you just want one place for all STEM resources, that's what we're trying to build. And then we have a free version called the STEM space explorers. You had to do the space mm -hmm. name. <laughs> And that's everything that was in the free resource library plus more. So we have like professional development videos. We have all of our STEM space at home, the instructional videos, and it's much more organized and easy to access. 
And now you have your own account. So instead of just, you have to create an account and she's mad. Yes. But what's better about creating an account is now it's personalized to you. And now we are able to send you information, letting you know when things have been updated or when there's new stuff for you to check out. Uh, And we weren't able to do that before because just anybody could come and jump in the free resource library. So this is better. I promise. I know. And we won't spam you. Yes. <laughs> it's just going to be like, hey, we just added these posters or we just added this really cool engineering design challenge. Check it out. Um, mm-hmm. So if this person's out there listening, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for the frustration. But I think you know it's really important to know too, because I use chat bots all the time when I go to different websites and ask questions. And usually it'll be like, okay, well, um, have you checked out our frequently asked questions? And then like, that's the end. But we didn't want that. We really want to connect more with you guys, our listeners and our followers. And so that's why we have all these new features on our website, including the chat feature, which does have some automated responses to help you if it's a quick question. But we see all of it. Mm-hmm. And we want you to know that if you have questions, you can always email us. You can always connect with us on social media, but now you can actually talk to us directly through this chat feature. And I mean, as if we had more time to give Natasha, <laughs> we we wanted to spend more time reaching out to people. So we're there and we're available if you need anything. Um, and it but- actually came from people. So someone from a school district was on our website, actually requested a Zoom call with me. She was like, I'm really trying to find resources for, uh, she's like the curriculum lead for her district. Mm. And she wanted to bring STEM resources and was lost. Like, she's like, I went on your website and it's just like, I went down all these rabbit holes. Like I looked at your (laughs) rocket launch blogs and the weather balloon. And then I saw some space club stuff and I just didn't know like what I didn't know, (laughs) like she didn't know where to start. And that's where that triggered us adding this chat feature where the whole point is like, Hey, what are you looking for? How can we direct you? So we ended up helping her. She had this history teacher that wanted to add STEM. And I was like, Oh, STEM explorers. Like she had no idea about that because Mm. she didn't know to ask, how do I connect history with STEM? Right. It's like a very specific request. And then she had this after school program and I was like, oh, space club. So we find it's much easier if teachers and people in districts can directly ask us what they're looking for. Or sometimes they don't even know. They're just like, I need a year long STEM program. Where do I start? And that's where we're trying to better connect with people to help you make your life easier (laughs) and trying to like plan out your STEM curriculum. And that actually connects well to our STEMCon session that's coming up, right? Yes. So STEMCon is coming up mid-April. You can still get tickets. Uh, head to our website if you are interested in more information there. We'll also put a link in the show notes about how you can register because you don't want to miss this year's STEMCon. We have two sessions in there. And our first one is what I think we should talk about, Natasha, because yeah. It is a great one about how to build a year-long STEM scope and sequence, which is the biggest question that we get asked on what do I teach? How do I teach it? And we actually started out by asking that same question to followers. So Mm -hmm. Natasha, how did did that turn out? (laughs) All right. So we sent out an email 
and it was actually to our newsletter. Hey, anybody would love to hear if you're a STEM teacher, how do you implement your curriculum? Where do you find your resources? What does your scope and sequence look like? And to be honest, I thought like 10 people would respond. Yes, <laughs> right? we even incentivized it. Like here, we'll give you a free lesson if you just respond, please. We want I like know. 10, 10 people. And that was not the response that we got. No, it, it was crazy. Like I woke up the next day after I sent it out and it was like hundreds of people. And I'm like, Claire, <laughs> they're still coming in. And it was like a week later and they're still coming in. So we had over 600 STEM teachers from pre-K all the way to 12th grade respond to the survey. And it's amazing. And there's so much good data and resources. So we are still going through all of it but we've compiled it into like, okay, here are the main subjects they're teaching. Here are the standards they're using. Here's the content they're focusing on. And we even have a drive full of all the scope and sequences that people across the country are using to plan their STEM lessons. Yes. And we're going to be eventually sharing that in the STEM space membership on our website for those that are going to be members, they'll have access to all these STEM scope and sequences from all these other educators that have used them. So they're like vetted scope and sequences. Right. And we are talking about all of it in our session at STEMCon. But just to touch on a few things that we learned, Natasha, what were some of the biggest takeaways from the data? Yeah, it was really interesting. I think what I was, I wasn't sure what to expect on the content. Like, what is it that you teach? And it was a lot of freedom that a lot of teachers are like, oh, I do a little bit of this or whatever I kind of feel like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I have these very strict standards. So there was uh, standards that a lot of teachers use, next generation science standards, common mm -hmm. core. Those were the two primary ones or like the state specific science standards, but they were more of a guide for STEM teachers. Um, and so I realized from the survey that a lot of our, those that responded are more in the elective space. They're not considered like this core subject where they have to really strictly follow um, some specific standards. So they have a lot of freedom, but that also became overwhelming to a lot of teachers because they didn't know where to get content. And then the limitations were often time. Like I have so many ideas and so many projects that I want to do. I just don't have enough time. Right. Enough time and materials, money to implement the different things. So I think one of the things that was interesting is we want teachers to know that you're not alone. If you're one of those that are struggling with all of these different details about having supplies, knowing what to follow, that's what we were getting from everybody. But we're trying to tailor what we're getting this data, as we're getting this, in this data, trying to use that to be able to fill in the gaps. And mm -hmm. so we'll be, we have a scope and sequence. We're going to be revising it this summer and pushing out something that is um, more useful for teachers as we combine what we've learned from other, other educators and how they're teaching STEM. So yeah. we're looking for that. Um, go ahead. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was going to say the, it was, it was helpful to see all this data, but it was also hard for us to figure out, okay, how do we use this in a way that helps everyone? <laughs> because mm -hmm. some teachers were like, oh, I have a class every day for an hour. Others were like, 
I have, you know, a class every month. Like they would only see their students once a month. Others would see them for a quarter and then they would get a new set of students, right? But the theme across all that chaos, right? Everybody's kind of doing different things is they wanted more cohesive units. And we've heard this before. Mm -hmm. I don't just want, okay, first I did catapults and then I did lander. And then, you know what I mean? Just like challenge after challenge and they're not this like coherent unit and that there wasn't enough meaningful connections like to science content, to math content. And that was being pushed by the districts kind of, okay, I know you don't have to fit these specific standards, but we want you to support the standards that they're learning in other classes, whether it's math or science or history. The STEM is like the place where they can have more freedom and do more hands-on projects, but it needs to be meaningful and have some cohesion. And that's what we're trying to do is how can we help teachers build these more meaningful STEM programs that are also supporting the learning that's happening in other you know, subjects. And so we're really excited about that um, because we have a scope and sequence. We're modifying it. We're working on connecting it to all the NGSS and local state standards like the TEKS to just make it more useful for teachers um, for the next school year. Exactly. And we're still trying to make sure that you understand that you're not just doing or your focus doesn't need to just be on these design challenges. When you talk about cohesive curriculum or a big unit, We're still talking about the three stages of STEM, so implementing a lot of the engineering habits of mind activities, and then uh, eventually if you have kind of older elementary or middle school students going into that stage three big long-term projects. But what that looks like as far as when should you teach what and how often do you do stage one versus stage two? So that's something that we're hoping to provide more guidance for you guys. Um, those who, of you who are listening, based on all the feedback that we've received and all the standards that are that are aligned to what you should be teaching in other subjects as well. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's a good starting place, like with the three stages of STEM, and that's been kind of our framework in developing a scope and sequence. And now we're trying to go beyond that right? Because we Mm -hmm. have that first stage as the foundation of, you know, communication and critical thinking. Okay, but how do I build that into a program, right? Am I just Mm -hmm. kind of doing some random activities and then doing a design challenge, right? So we're, we're trying to be a little bit more supportive and how do you like build through these different concepts and skills. And so we have kind of a list of more topics that we're trying to tackle. So beyond like just engineering design practices, you mentioned habits of mind. This new area that we're bringing in is also the nature of science, the nature of engineering, as well as the historical aspects. So what does it mean to be an engineer? How do engineers actually make real world decisions to help Mm -hmm. kids understand that when you're designing a catapult, that's what we're doing in a class. But that's very different than like an engineer out in the real world working at like Lockheed Martin designing an airplane how does that really work? And how do we connect that to what kids are learning in the classroom? So they're not walking away with a bunch of misconceptions that, oh, we really just care about these popsicle sticks and rubber bands and <laughs> launching a ping pong ball. Um, because my, so my husband's a mechanical engineer um, professor. So he teaches undergrads and they've noticed that with the STEM movement, a lot of kids are coming in with a lot of misconceptions about engineering. 
before we never talked mm-hmm. about engineering in K-12. We barely had any kind of awareness of what engineering was. But now as that is increasing awareness around engineering, it's also increasing wrong ideas. And mm-hmm. so they're walking freshman year and they're like, wait, where's like the bridge building and like the <laughs> robotics and like, I want to build stuff. And, and they're like, well, first you got to learn calculus and differential equations and the math and the science is the foundation. So we just want to help teachers make kids be more prepared. So if they do mm-hmm. choose an engineering pathway or a science pathway, they go beyond just these like building challenges and actually really understanding some fundamental skills and concepts they need. Yes. And that actually is the topic of our second session that we're doing at STEMCon, and that's called How to Teach Engineering. And so we dive more in depth, and we'll have to cover that in another podcast episode, but we dive more in depth as to how you can be teaching engineering in K-12 to help frame it right on how we do that in the real world as engineers. And a lot of that has to do with case studies and just describing how things actually happen in the real world. Mm-hmm. So, cause that is a huge disconnect when you go into engineering of, you know, if you've just been used to building things out of popsicle sticks and be like, wait a minute, this isn't just craft time. Right. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, and, and that's something that I think so many lessons that are out there on STEM are so close to being great, but they miss out on that real, real world application because they're not really tying it into what's actually done. And to a lot of educators' credits, it's not well known what engineers do. That's how we kind of got into all this is because we had educator friends that were saying, what exactly do engineers do? I have to teach that now. And that's when we made the jump from engineering to education. We were like, Mm -hmm. okay, we can actually help with that. Um, And so part of our session on the scope and sequence and something that we're going to be doing more of and sharing as professional development in the STEM space membership on our website is talking about how you can create your own lessons that are high quality. How do you approach figuring out whether you are picking out lessons to teach or creating your own? How do you start? Do you start from a standards perspective? Do you start on the topics? So we'll touch a little bit on that in the in the session at STEMCon, and we'll share it more in the STEM space membership with professional development and talking about it here on the podcast, of course. But I think that's really important is to know how do you distinguish what is really done in the real world versus what you're doing in the classroom. Yeah, that's right. And we're also trying to be more intentional in connecting it with what we know schools are requiring of teachers, which is standards alignment. But that doesn't mean you can't continue to bring in these like really fun applications, motivating these challenges with a real world problem. Uh, So I'm excited for all like the new content we're working on. But for kind of the call to action of this podcast for today (laughs) is check out the STEM Space Explorer library. It's totally free. You just have to make an account. (laughs) So if you're already using our free resource library, we just uploaded a whole set of posters featuring women in STEM, which I'm really excited about for Women's History Month. Um, So lots of other resources like that that are just free to access, download, use in your classroom. You just have to create an account. Um, And if you want to ask us questions about where to find things, you can talk to us through that chat. And I 
also do want to throw in this disclaimer, Natasha, if you do have angry intentions, you are also welcome to angrily yell at us through the chat. <laughs> and then we'll just we, say it on the podcast. <laughs> we need we need positive and negative feedback in order to be effective. So, so. And I will say we do get a lot of um constructive feedback. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I've had times where someone said, hey, this link doesn't work in your product or mm. It's mm-hmm. missing this. And it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I like go fix it because we make mistakes. And so if something is wrong or doesn't seem like it has the right content, please let us know because we are doing our best to try to make all the content error-free and support your classroom. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, is it useless? I don't know. <laughs> useless. Yeah, that word. I don't like that word. That hurts. <laughs> I know. I think it's because, like you said, it's a chat bot is how she saw it and probably didn't think we would see it. So, <laughs> But it's actually us. We're, we're real. We're, we're back here. <laughs> okay. Well, I hope that uh, whoever's listening does go check out what we have worked so hard on and let us know where else we can help you, help your classroom. And come see us at STEMCon because we would love for you to join our session and uh, see what other educators are doing to help you out as well. That's right. And next podcast, we're going to tackle how to teach engineering and what the differences are between engineering and makerspaces. But for now, Mm -hmm. STEM space out. Do you have a question about STEM education or how to teach it? Email us at info at vivifystem.com. We would love to help and maybe even discuss it on a future podcast episode.